0: Hey, happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome back to the I-5 Corridor's Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. Uh, It's been a few days since we actually braved the I-5 Corridor and the traffic. You did, yeah. Um, You did. Although, I will say, that was probably the least amount of traffic I have ever encountered on the actual I-5 Corridor.
1: You played it perfectly. You were driving, so I won't take any credit for it, but we got in and out as soon as we could, basically. I,
0: I, I know you weren't initially happy when you got that text on, I think maybe it was Thursday, but I was like, hey, maybe we should leave at 6. Right. And you were like, "Yeah," because you, you covered football, high school football Friday night, That's right? right.
1: I didn't think I got to bed that night until like 1 a.m. <laughs> so it was, it was I was exhausted that and, day, as you saw. And but.
0: so we, we, we ended up, I think we met, we met at like 7.15, like north of Vancouver. So yeah. I left my house at 6.30, a little bit of splitting the difference. But um, yeah, it worked out. It did. It worked out better than... Dan Lanning's fourth? No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> How are you doing, man?
1: Good. I feel like I'm still catching up on sleep. I uh, I was falling asleep on the car ride back, as you saw, and I was trying to fight it all day. <laughs> well, well,
0: actually, actually, you were falling asleep on the car ride up there, right. on the car ride back. I don't think, actually, during the game, because that was a pretty... That was freaking, pretty
1: dialed. Yeah. As dialed as I could have been, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So, we're, we're going to dive into the football game. I know it's Thursday, and that's probably what people... Actually, screw it. It was the best game we've been to in a long time. Yeah. We're going to dive into it. It's just the Cougars this week. What could happen? <laughs> what could happen? Just
1: a back-against-the-wall game for the Cougars, a caged animal game.
0: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, what'd you do this week?
1: Worked. I wish I could say it. it's something more fun than that, but just grinded, uh, tried to avoid the discourse as much as I could, um, but that was kind of inevitable and unavoidable to a certain extent.
0: You're Are you, are you covering another high school game this week? Yeah, because because today is this might be the nicest fall weather that I've seen. Yeah, there's there's something about like sunny days in the fall here where I don't know if it's because the sun's at like a slightly different angle. But God, it just really beats. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was
1: out in the yard for a bit today procrastinating, but I'll be out at Mountainside, which I've never been to. It's also a very new high Ooh, school. Is, that's
0: uh, that's Keenan Lowe's school, isn't it?
1: It is, and he is playing his alma mater, Jesuit.
0: Oh, Ifo, he, he's yeah. actually playing. He got more, yeah, he got more, yeah, he got more eligibility. Like cool, yeah.
1: And then uh, other a lot of kind of connections there. Ifo at Alomo is on the uh, Jesuit staff as a TB's coach, so that should be a cool one.
0: You asked me a few months ago. What I thought was one of the my better stories that I've yeah. written, yeah. and it was probably my EFO one that I did before the Rose Bowl in twenty nineteen. Um, I'm I, I look forward to to your coverage from that. Just I I, I the Keenan and EFO were two of the more um, interesting people that I think that I've met like in that atmosphere of, of college athletes, and and obviously Keenan's route through um, becoming a freaking hero uh, after. Going the NFL route, he was yeah. he was a assistant and a coach with Chip Kelly's staffs uh, for many years, uh, and then Efo who blew out his his leg at Rose Bowl practice, and has uh, seen uh, what used to be a, a bona fide NFL career turn into him being like a pretty well respected coach amongst this area.
1: Should be cool, and it's kind of I think it'll give me an excuse to write more big picture, which is yeah. I sometimes I try to do with high school, but it's you know. A lot of people are just looking for stats and names of their kids. And well, yeah,
0: because like it's, I, I I found this when I was a high school reporter too. It's like you don't want to come out and do like like blast a team for like a winning like right. a losing streak or a bad game like that. I I even struggle with this at the college level to yeah. some extent. Like I I don't feel bad for criticizing like a, like a coach who's making eight or nine million dollars, right. but um, when when the Oregonian had there there used to be like 20 of us high school sports reporters around Crazy. and like we were we were covering it way too professionally for what it like it was like breaking news updates like live like I don't know it was just it, it felt it felt like it was blowing things up a little bit too and much it's
1: gotten probably continued in that direction since you left i mean you look at there's some sites now that only cover high school sports, yeah, and, and so recruiting and transfers so it, and
0: yeah so it's always been i i love high school sports uh reporting and i think there's so many cool stories to tell there but it's also it's we're getting into uneasy territory i think too especially when we're getting into an era where you know af- athletes are going to be getting paid at that level as well
1: or already are yeah yeah uh saturday was pretty cool
0: was that that had to have been the best game you've been to, right?
1: Ohio State's right there. Yeah,
0: that I was. I yeah. was trying to, I was trying to put myself in my headspace of that Ohio State game, and I, I actually, I think I might agree with you from the stance of, I mean that 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 Ohio State game was kind of a bit of holy shit, Oregon did this, and right. I, I think that played a little bit into to that for me, anyways. Of, it of, didn't
1: maybe have the same feel at kick, because, you know, that was, Oregon was not expected to win, and then it came out before kick that KT and Flo were out, Right, and then it's like, and at that point we thought those players were all that mattered to that defense, yeah. essentially, it's like, oh god, they have no chance now, especially against, you know, that passing attack, and they pulled it off, and it was improbable, from a, just a pure competition level, of and, you know, parity of two really good teams, I think
0: Seattle, Master, succeeded, I surpassed that I I think what was cool about the Seattle thing is it was two weeks of hype because of the bye week I mean there was more hype than that too Uh, Capel and I did our home and home uh after the first week of Pac-12 play where we're like these unbeatens are headed for each other and they they got to each other unbeaten they Seattle was just a a, there was just energy in that city that day too we drove up there we uh because I got our uh credentials in the light we had to take the light rail from uh, um the northgate mall and just, glad we did no that, that yeah. was so cool like being on the train there and like everyone on the train was Huskies gear There was maybe like one or two duck hats
1: <laughs> right. um we looked out a place just that we didn't have any gear on
0: yeah like yeah. we had
1: backpacks i don't know what people thought we were doing <laughs> not journalists yeah
0: um and so from like the very start of that day to the quality of the game to it coming down to the final play um just 10 out of 10 just loved that day like that's those are like the fun days and yeah um shit what time did we get home i, I think
1: eleven thirty. Act,
0: actually it was um yeah because the i5 bridge closed at 11 p.m and i hit it at 1102 so that was a nice reroute around town too yeah
1: well you, you talked about the game itself and there was so much hype for the teams, but also their offenses and their quarterbacks, and saying, okay, you know, this might be a shootout. Whoever gets the ball last. And I think you look at the game last year, and, you know, maybe you see that, and people thought it would be like that this year. But games re- between those two kind of level opponents rarely play out that way. It's usually one team is extremely um, more prepared, and it ends up being a one side game, or it's just clunky. And there was moments early, but it really lived up to it. And it got to that point where, yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm like, "This is probably the best game I've covered." Do
0: you think higher or lower about Oregon coming out of that game? All because I I think higher of Oregon. Yeah,
1: I would agree. I and I think that's actually when I f- first started thinking that I was like, "Oh, this might be you know not a hot take, but I don't know if everyone's going to be thinking that." And now it seems like almost everybody is. Even it seems like there's more mutual respect between the fan bases this week than several yeah.
0: years. No, I I agree with you there. The the. I don't. I don't want to have to say this, but I'm going to do anyways. Uh, the the one takeaway I did coming from that though is I do think Michael Penix is a substantially better quarterback than Bo Nix. Yeah, and I don't really. I, I don't think that's like a hot take, but like no. seeing them that in and they're different in the ways that they're effective. Like Bo is used in the running game where Penix isn't. Right. Um, but just the calmness under pressure that Penix showed out there. Yeah. It was um noticeably different than uh Nick's. And Nick Nick's played a great game and he led a drive on the he led that final drive that was nearly good enough to put Oregon in a position to keep the game going. Like it's just having talked about those two ad nauseum leading into that game, Michael Penix is a freaking dude. <laughs>
1: yeah, no and and I mean that was the second time I've gotten a scene but I didn't get to go f- I, I was too busy trying to hit a deadline last year's game, so I didn't go down to the field like you did. So I've seen plenty of them, but seeing him you know, down on the field for that last drive, which was like over in a heartbeat. I, I couldn't even focus on what was happening. Um, that the two play kind of game ceiling drive, the touchdown to Adunze. Um he was battling through cr- cramps. Your your buddy Cable did a lot of reporting on that this week. Um he's a destroyer. He's so scary out there when you're on the other, not that I'm out there playing D B right. Right. And, it just there's an inevitability between with him and, and just those receivers, and it was really cool to see it in person. Being,
0: being on the sideline towards that end of a game like that gives me so much more of an appreciation for the chaos in which coaches have to navigate. Oh, yeah, you can't see shit on no. the sidelines. You there's don't, there's no depth perception yeah, there, there, where the markers are, there's no depth perception, there's no uh, it's just, it's just chaos, and so for to go back a week to go into like that Mario Cristobal uh ru- uh running versus uh, uh taking a knee mm-hmm. granted that's a much different situation that's a calm atmosphere that's the end of the game but like the the amount of pressure that's on like a Dan Lanning when it's that's that's the loudest football environment i've ever been in like Autzen is consistently more loud, but that that stadium had a gear that I don't think I've...
1: Not even in Columbus, huh? Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it was, it was muted by the time that we got down the field because Oregon had been in control the whole game.
0: Yeah, potentially. Uh, it was
1: crazy because it was so loud at the start of the game. I mean, they have 25,000 plus on Autzen. Yeah. Um, but it was so starkly different than the last time I was there for a lot of reasons, which was two years ago. Uh, it, it was so loud at the start of the game that when Oregon went three and out... After Washington did, but then Washington went down and scored, and Oregon got back up, backed up in their near their own end zone, and I think they got down to like a second long, third long, and it's just so loud. I was like, oh, this could get actually. up. Right, yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't expect this. It was ear piercing. There, Nick's is going up to every individual lineman and like shouting in their ear, um, and then it got quiet. By the time I was walking down to the field, Oregon had been in control for the whole third or most of third, whole fourth. And then we we find our spots, and then in a heartbeat, with two plays, the entire CM is just alive again.
0: That it, yeah, that was just it was fun. That yeah. was that was fun football. I I will say because um, I was listening to a few podcasts uh, this week where they were talking about Washington as like a national championship contender, mm. and I'm having a hard time. I don't wanna make an argument against, but still in my head I still have the visions of what Pac twelve teams looked like against Georgia last year and what yes. Georgia did. But also I'm I I do realize that there might not be a Georgia like that this year. And just Washington's ability to like flip a game that quickly, it's right. it's intriguing. Cause I, I, I do legitimately think Like, Oregon can beat Washington. Oregon, I think, might still be a more complete football team than Washington, but Washington has one way that it can hurt you in ways that it's probably better at than anybody in the country, and that might play better. Their thing, right? It's better than... Right, and because, you know, Oregon's going to, you know, if Oregon runs the table and they get rematched up and they beat Washington and they go to the playoff, they'll be playing some teams that, like, are going to be as good as they are at all those levels. Yeah. Yeah. it was interesting because, again, if, if they if they had the, the rematch in Vegas, I don't think it would be asinine to pick Oregon in that game. But no. Washington's just an interesting football team. They're very dynamic.
1: Very dynamic. The thing that's been interesting for me this week about just kind of thinking about the fallout from that game is because it was just a one, two, three play deciding factor, Think about what we didn't talk about that we would have if the outcome was different. And one of those things is Washington's defense. They made some plays and they had some big hits.
0: Just from the start, that little that little swing pass to right. James, where he just got lit up.
1: That being said, they didn't overall have a great day yardage wise. The points, thirty six, doesn't look awful. But when you think about what Oregon left on the field, it could have been high forties. Yeah. And then we're saying, well, you know, this defense is holding Penix back. Um, I, I'm kind of tired of the Dan Lanning stuff already. I don't really know how much I have to add to it but it should be talked about probably
0: yeah I, I think it just like it is what it is if it again if it worked I, I hate the whole like if it worked they'd be talking about him like he's a genius everyone goes for it on fourth downs now they have like their sheets that like give them the probabilities and mm-hmm. everything Um, I I think in retrospect I would have at very least kicked the field goal at the end of the first half you yeah. just you just pick, pick Penix off which doesn't happen Turn that into points. Yeah, like capitalize on that. But that felt big. Yeah, but ultimately, um, you know, landing this week said he's not going to apologize for being aggressive, and that's his his coaching style. And they're going to be aggressive to win games. Um, I did see Ken Go tweet out today. He's like, or it's being aggressive to lose games. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's at some point he's got to win a game like that, and doing it that way, because I <laughs> like, um, you know. Thinking about in Oregon history, uh, you know the sheets and the facts probably told Mark Elfridge to go for two every time in Nebraska. And now in retrospect, everyone's like, "Just kick one extra point attempt in that game, Mark," right. and it's different. You know, it's it's yeah. it's less it's less egregious because it happened. Like I, I still think you need to grade each one of those individual like those scenarios individually, but you still end up looking at the sum, and the sum this week was zero.
1: I said I didn't have anything to add, and now I want to add stuff. Add yeah. add baby. So. I think it's really important, like separating the decisions to go for it and the plays and the result of the plays. I didn't think the decisions were egregious, and it's what I expect out of landing at this point. We can talk in a second about whether that's a good or bad thing, right? The yeah. one I felt was most defensible was the final one. Yeah, that ended up, you know, directly costing the game because B-
0: Bucky Irving was eating that game, and the offensive line was eating that game. Why not? I don't know.
1: Well, that's what I want to get to yeah. in a second. But I, another twenty five yards for Penix. I know he was dealing with whatever. I don't think that made a difference. You put the game on ice if you if you convert there. Looking at the play calls and like especially watching the last one again because it was hard we didn't really see it on the field that well. You have three fourth and threes or shorter, I believe. Was there a fourth and four in there? Or am I making that up? I think it was three or shorter yards. Either way. None of them were in inches situation, but they didn't run on any of them. And that has been a thing where like that was their Kind of their when you look at the rest of the conference, you know, there's a few teams, but Oregon's thing was they could also run that way, and, and they did that day, they had 200 rushing yards, and to not run and to run these little rollouts where they shrink the field for Knicks and he's forced to make these quick decisions, I just didn't like the plays
0: or, that were. Or, or at the very least, um, Knicks can be one of the most dynamic dual threat quarterbacks in the country, yeah. like at least. I would have even taken like a draw there or like an yeah. option or you know just something but that was very much a rollout pass play and they got all the the defenders out on that side too so it's not like he was going to turn that up and run on that side like
1: well there's no within with fourth and three and in some cases you're near the goal line there's no longevity of the field there's no levels yeah. in the ability for like receivers to run and spread the field it's all kind of collapsed in and then you look at these replays, like where would Knicks have gone? You know, there's plays he missed. He was we, we were talking about it from the first quarter. He was under guys, like they were catching at their feet and they left some yards out there and it happened again with Troy. He missed Trawn on that one. Um my thing I guess with landing is I guess he's at least you can say he's consistent, right? Yeah.
0: He 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 knows who he is. He like, goes in. It's a yeah.
1: premeditated aggression. It's not, yeah. you know, a staley situation with the Chargers where he's going to choose maybe this time I won't, but maybe this time yeah. I will, and so it's consistent. But the facts are the facts, and like he's now because of those calls, not going his way has blown the three three of the probably the five biggest games in his Oregon tenure so far. You could say.
0: Man, that's why I'm
1: adding UCLA in that, and I'm adding Georgia in that. Am I missing one? You think UCLA last year's UCLA game, where the aggression paid off. Oh, right, correct, correct. They won 45-30 because the onside kick and some other moves. Yeah. Georgia was, you know, an inevitable L. Well, and,
0: and like, a couple weeks ago they had that fake punt, too. Was right. it, but also that wasn't, like, a very... I mean... it It's, the, it's the, Colorado. Yeah, I don't really yeah the, care about the, that the stakes were different.
1: <laughs> so the stats say that, that last year they were, and this year they've been one of the best fourth-down teams. Um, but again, like, I kind of was looking back and, like, you look at the Oregon State game last year, you look at the Washington game last year, and he didn't go for it in his own territory um, in this game the way he did in those ones. and it, it directly cost him, and now he's got this this 0-3 record versus them, and it doesn't give me a ton of optimism for like an Oregon State game this year or a USC game when he's got another great quarterback on the other side.
0: Yeah, I, I will say, um, you know, obviously from an Oregon perspective, the loss is disappointing, but from, like, an overall, like, storyline perspective, like, this second half of the Pac-12 season is going to be awesome. Yeah. Because Oregon State still, like, Oregon State just had the quietest, like, top 25 win that, like, you'll hear around these parts. You know, even against, like, a Chip Kelly, like, uh they they handled UCLA, they still have one loss. Of the teams that I've seen, like I legitimately think Oregon State can hang with Washington and Oregon. I think they have the the most inconsistent play at quarterback. But if they continue to keep trending like they like DJ's have, DJ's put some together some pretty good games as of late. Yes. And if they I mean they're just as physical on defense, they have just as good of an offensive line, uh, that they are finding who out, they're finding out who their weapons are. Mm. Um, Washington, Oregon state on November, whatever day in November. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's going to be an awesome game too. And then that just sets up Oregon, Oregon, like it's, there's, there's going to be a lot of potential to this second half, as long as you yeah, know, Oregon State as is as long as see. Yeah, yeah, as as long as like an Arizona or you know like one of those games come up and get you. Granted, Arizona might not actually be that bad,
1: right? What would you set the odds at of Oregon State beating either Washington or Oregon? Plus what? Just for shits and giggles.
0: Them beating Washington, I would put at plus two hundred.
1: Hmm. You're doing it separately. I was looking for one number, but give oh me both. no no give and me then, both,
0: oh yeah. and then and then them beating Oregon, I would put at like minus one fifteen. You think I, they'd
1: be favored?
0: No, oh, no. Your... You, you know, sometimes like when you go on the books and like they're both at like okay. minus one fifteen, you're you're like, you're like, like what? yeah, I think that's a pick 'em. Okay, I, I think it's a pick 'em just because I I do think that Washington um, can score points in a lot more of a hurry than Oregon State can, yeah, and so. Yeah, I, I just think they might be an overmatched team. They're granted, that game is at Reser, which I didn't take into account, plus
1: 150. Hmm. So you're high in the, on that. Are, are, are we
0: turning into, the, I guess, the lines here? <laughs> I, I, Wait, here's another question for you. We're going to have like Reddit, I5 <laughs> Corridor podcast. <laughs>
1: R Dash. Yeah, R Dash. Uh, another question for you. I know it's, it hasn't even been two seasons yet. Um, what is Dan Lanning's biggest win in Oregon in your eyes?
0: The UCLA game last year? Okay. Is is it?
1: I would say at Utah last year.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I just... I was... But, but neither of those are like... I mean, that was... You know, we talked about this a little bit last week, but... I I wonder what the opinion of Mario Cristobal in Oregon would be if he didn't win the big games. Because that, yeah. that's all he did.
1: And there's something to be said for that. Yeah, and... I just I I asked only because and I'm not trying to start some like big thing here big take but I was going back through because I I kind of had forgotten how on paper how egregious those decisions last year looked when they didn't work again when they didn't work right Um, and those like again those are three of the biggest whatever I said five six games of his career so far and and there's there's a through line to them so it is it is very I'll be monitoring it more going forward.
0: It's it's gotta it's gotta be fascinating to be like Lanning's online. You know, he's a yeah. very with it coach. Yeah. Um, you know, you can even just see uh see that in the the interviews he chooses to do, like the long form interviews he yeah. chooses to do. Yeah. So he's gotta be reading all of this. Like he's gotta be aware of so so the fact that, you know, he there's there's something to him coming out and saying, I'm not gonna change who I am, that's probably what he believes but there's like I'm I'm kind of really going around in circles here to just say like he very much knows there's a lot of people watching like everything he's doing right now and it's it's just fascinating to watch a second year head coach who was pretty young in this profession kind of navigate all that
1: he's 37 now I think I said 35 on one of the other podcasts but I think he was 35 when he got he was, at,
0: he was actually 35 before the Washington game oh. and then it aged him a couple of yeah, yeah.
1: right He's so young, and someone made this point, and I can't remember who. I want to say it was a bigger TV person, maybe, or someone on a podcast.
0: Like bigger person, or like. <laughs> like
1: um, but they said, "Don't get us canceling. that with the way the coaching carousel goes." Now these coaches are getting their first head coaching chance at these huge programs. I mean, Kirby Smart's an excellent example. Like people forget that was his first head coaching job was Georgia, and. So you add the learning process of having to be a first-time head coach with the expectations of one of those programs, and then you look at a guy like Lanning who's also so young. It's a learning process. That's, we're just I think we're just seeing that play out. That, a that,
0: that's, that's a fascinating point because I'm sure – Nobody you,
1: wants to hear that when you lose, but it's interesting. Right,
0: and I'm, and I'm sure if you were to talk to the best coaches of all time, like go talk to Nick Saban.
1: Yeah.
0: Nick Saban will tell you that he's a million times better head coach now at age 70. I mean maybe not at age 70 – at 65, he was. Right. Than he was than his first year as a head coach. Don't expect that not to be true with Dan Lanning too. You know he's he's very young in this, even though he's a, a prodigy or whatever you want to you know label a young head coach these days. But
1: how, how long did it take you to find your running voice? I think you're answering I me. Mean, you haven't truly really found it yet, but yeah, at least 10 years.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100. percent And I'm, I I might have been good at my age, but I'm a lot better now. There you go podcasting.
1: We're working there. The last thing I want to say about this game, just the environment, uh, there's days where it it definitely seems like the NFL can't rival college. And this was one of those days. And I think that I was really struck with coming back and then like having a day to digest is like the singular nature of like that Washington program right now. Like they just have, I don't know if mystique's the right word, but you're in this huge metro city And it's a city that's defined by, like, it's right by the water. Uh, It's in the Pacific Northwest. You have this Heisman quarterback who, it's not like he's doing something that no one's ever done, but he's doing it in a way that you don't always see people doing it now, like just unabashed guns slinging down the field. You have these really um, glaring strengths. Yeah. And then they have the sirens going, the purples everywhere. It it was such a unique atmosphere, and, and I love that one-of-one one nature of that program. It's like, that's their thing. Yeah. I think that's super cool.
0: You know what I came away thinking, too, is Oregon better win the game next year because <laughs> Washington has a lot of momentum. And everything that you just pointed at, yeah. if I was a recruit, that – I would have committed on the spot after that game. You were like,
1: saying you wish you had gone to school there, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's 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 a very unique, and and this this isn't comparing it to Oregon. This is just mm-hmm. talking about what Washington is. Right. It's a very attractive location. It's a cool stu- school. It's a awesome stadium when it's like that, and um, yeah, like they have a lot of momentum going right now, and so much of Oregon's massive success when they were at their peak in the in the twenty tens came while Washington was down same with when USC was down. And that's not to say that Oregon's success was smoking mirrors or it was any less substantial than it was, but we're going into an era now where Oregon's going to be getting Washington's best, absolute best effort. And I think if the ducks want to thrive in the big 10, they need to get to a point where they're doing that as well.
1: Well said. Thank yeah. You. It's Thank you. it's um, it was really cool. I was just very struck by it. Like I said, um, I, you know, being there two years ago, It was so different because it was just a crappy—it was a a later game. I think it was like a 3.30 start. Weather was crappy. Not a lot of fans there. Washington wasn't a good team. And, I mean, it it just—it was a really special environment in that game. I kind of wish I had been almost more awake and present for it. (laughs) Not that I didn't get to take a lot of it in, but— Again, I just think that's what makes college so, so cool. And it's, it's just nothing like Eugene.
0: Can you give me, because I didn't partake, can you give me the review of the roast beef sandwich that you had from... No, oh, I had the turkey. The, sorry, the, the turkey from Pressfield. Uh
1: Not high reviews. Th- like thick white bread uh-huh. that kind of, it gets like doughy in your mouth and sticks to the roof of your mouth. You've had sandwiches like that. Oh, yeah. That. yeah. You made it essentially the whole day without eating,
0: unintentionally. Because like I was like when we when we parked, sneaky move from you. Yeah, right? you know I'm just trying to get in, I'm trying to tighten. Um, it, it just it just ended up being one of those days where I was thinking of getting something before we got into the stadium, and it was a little chaotic, and then the game was chaotic, and I didn't really think those. Boxed meals. Oh, you all didn't that. miss anything. Yeah. You no, had some I, popcorn, though. But, like, right? I feel good today. You know, I feel lighter. I feel, <laughs> did you? I got a little spring in my step.
1: When you got back at whatever time it was that night, did you indulge in anything? Or was it just straight to bed? I
0: think I, so I was going to stop stop at Taco Bell and oh. I didn't. I, like, I was, wow. I, was like, I was like, I had the blinker on. If only landing in that Restraint, you know? Restraint,
1: you know, that's that huge. I
0: was, I mean, that might be where we should end this. This is a little bit of a short podcast, but.
1: Well, do you, do you I mean, going forward, you start to talk about it. You don't sound like you wouldn't be surprised if Oregon wins out, if they face Washington, even if they win again. But
0: give me your kind of. Well, it's. So, so my thing right now is Oregon should win out and Oregon should get to that Washington game, but should never happens in college football. I mean, that's that's the one thing like every year every year there, there's that one game that you don't expect or something happens or there's an injury or, mm-hmm. or whatever. We're halfway through the season, but we're just at the start of this gauntlet of the Pac-12 slate that the Ducks are going to go through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that they're going to win out. Uh, I think getting Oregon State at home is is the advantage that the Ducks need to win that game because I think they are very equal teams. But we'll see. I mean, like, even this week, like, they're, they're playing a Washington State team that doesn't have a whole lot of momentum right now but two weeks ago we were, they were undefeated and we we're talking about their quarterback is one of the best in the yeah. country um, it's just it's amazing how quickly things can change uh, in this conference and the same if the Ducks lose again this week I mean it's it's not like they're out of the the conference rates per se but all of the hype that we've had for the last three weeks that's just kind of gone and it's, it's crazy how quickly that can turn
1: yeah do you have a is there a team on that? Cause it's it's a little bit of a gauntlet, like that you think could be the the team to throw the wrench in.
0: I don't know if it's the team that throws. I mean, well, let, let me rephrase this. I was, I'm gonna pick at Utah. Yeah,
1: that's the that's be, been the common one be,
0: because even if camera, even if they don't have their quarterback thing figured out by then, even if it's not working, just that I don't think they will. It's yeah, two weeks away. That, that's that's one of the toughest places to play, Utah. I mean, even though Oregon State like I thought Oregon State handled them awfully well, but I think it's a different ball game with them when you're playing at home mm-hmm. and you got the crowd going on offense and
1: Especially um, with backup quarterbacks. Yeah. And
0: again, I'm not saying I, I think Oregon's gonna win that game, but I do think that, that that or do they go to they go to Arizona, right?
1: No they don't.
0: Do they go to ASU? No, they have
1: A I believe it's ASU at home. Yeah, I have yeah
0: I'm not it. worried about that, but
1: no, you're not. No, no, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be more worried. Not of. a Dillingham revenge game, dude.
0: Dillingham's been,
1: yeah, it's a whole lot of thing, dude. Have you, have you
0: watched his interviews? A few of them. They are brewing some strong coffee down in Arizona State.
1: Kind of, maybe what you'd expect with a 33-year-old yeah. head coach.
0: Um, how about you though?
1: yeah again I think the Utah one was really popular and still is I just without rising I I, I don't know how intimidated I would be of that team even on the road um and, I mean, UC uh, USC looked really rough
0: I, I, I you know you know, that's gonna be the one that that's gonna be the one that gets the ducks it's gonna be by that point we're gonna be so convinced that Oregon's going to roll USC we're gonna be like USC has no defense yeah they can score points blah 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 and then it's going to end up being like a sixty-five to fifty-eight shootout, and like yeah, we're like
1: three weeks from that. It's yeah. not that far away. Yeah. that should be a fun one. I, I think it's probably we're going to, say it, to answer your 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 yeah, Washington. I agree. Um, yeah, that you know the thing about that loss too, and, and what should happen in college. Uh, talking about the the Washington loss is it wasn't a fluky loss. It was a close, uh, hard-earned win by Washington. Whatever you want to say. Most years, these teams are derailed because of weird losses. Oregon and and Arizona,
0: Arizona State 2019. There you go,
1: right? We can list them all. And this yeah. is not just an Oregon thing. This is an every team thing. Mm-hmm. Like Who's the fluky one? Like, and that's why I'm wondering. So, again, I would love for them to win out because I would love to see that rematch. And I think that'd be a phenomenal game. And it would be so cool to see it. Not only another matchup between those teams, but one that has potentially the Heisman uh, riding on it, although at that point it would probably be sewn up. Um, but more so a package twelve f- title and a potential playoff ticket on the line.
0: Um, I've realized something over the last week. Yeah. I think maybe it was on this podcast or maybe it was just in conversations between the two of us where I was like, you know, I'm not so sold on Weminyama as everybody else. <laughs> Sold. I'm sold. <laughs> just take just take my money. He's the the dunk he had where it was just like the side dunk was that the, from like the free almost like the free throw line and it was yeah. over the dude and the one other dude was just like looking like, What the hell just happened?
1: He that happened the night before the Washington game. Yeah. And so I was like trying to pull up highlights the, the whole day and like my connection wasn't good enough. So I didn't get to see it all. But yeah, I mean he's He's the truth, although Scoot looks great too, and hopefully we can talk Blazers soon. Yeah, so
0: we have Blazers season openers next week, yeah, I believe, yeah. so we'll... Uh, yeah, just
1: a boatload of content yeah, coming for that.
0: Yeah, one. yeah, it'll be NBA week on <laughs> I-5 board or... Uh, anything else before we take off here, Shane?
1: No, I am I mean, I guess I'm not surprised, but I've been interested to see how in on the Beavers you are. And I don't think it's wrong, but you, it's, all of a sudden it seems like you've done a little bit of a 180 on them.
0: What do you mean 180?
1: Not that you were super down on them per se, but I was surprised how bullish you are that they could even, you know, beat a Washington or Oregon. Right.
0: I think um when I saw them play Utah
1: That was a you came back talking about them like quite a bit. Yeah,
0: when I saw them play Utah, I saw everything that I needed to see other than elite quarterback fight. And DJ yeah. DJ played good that game too. Yeah. But like after that one you could kinda of tell Jonathan had like it kind of it kind of felt like they could sense that like DJ was kind of figuring some things out and, and Smith was talking then too about like, it's not as plug and play as everyone thinks it is. Like when you bring a quarterback in, especially when they've had multiple years in a different system,
1: we probably overdid that. Our, just talking
0: to yeah. ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so yeah, he's going to have, just as we were talking about like first year young head coaches, like a new quarterback's going to have some struggles during the season, but uh he's been efficient lately uh his yards per attempt has been higher i think he's finding some chemistry especially with like poland mm. um i again i don't think they're as good as oregon or washington but if i'm oregon or washington i don't want to them.
1: if i was doing one of those talk shows where you have to like kind of lead everything in with these big mm-hmm. brash headlines i would say oregon state the new utah question mark
0: oh i like that and we will discuss that after the break thanks for listening it's actually the end of the podcast if you didn't get it I, I...